0: here with you this morning, great to be inside while the rain's unleashed outside, right? And uh, great to be here worshiping with you, super fired up to be walking through this series. And this series is just about Christ and His all authority, all authority, like He has not just some, but all authority in all areas. And oftentimes we hear that and we just kind of take it for granted, we move on. We don't really contemplate what it means, so this series is about walking piece by piece through all the places and locations in the Gospels where there is a statement about His authority. And we've talked about Him having the authority to literally lead the church, build the church, the authority to be able to heal people, the authority to be able to speak, and it is, The authority to be able to move over the physical world with the weather and the wind and the waves, he has displayed those things so far in what we've been walking through. And today we're going to be walking through seeing him having all authority to give eternal life. So we're moving from the physical into the eternal now. And he has the authority to give eternal life. So turn with me if you will to John chapter 5 starting in verse 19. We're going to start to take a deep look at that today. How do we respond to the God who has authority to give eternal life? First point, recognize that Jesus' authority to give life is given by the Father. Recognize that the authority that's given to Jesus to give life is given by the Father. Jesus has this privilege because he's connected to God the Father and they're working in tandem and So, Jesus will kind of explain this out as we walk through this passage. Before we dive into the passage, we got to make sure we have a little bit understood about the lay of the land. So, we actually touched on the first part of John chapter 5 a number of weeks ago. I was preaching on it and we talked through what happened there when Jesus goes to the pool of Bethesda, when Jesus is talking to and healing some people. And actually, he talks to one specific guy and he says, Do you want to be healed? This is a guy who hasn't been able to walk for decades. Can you imagine? You're not able to walk at all. You're lame. You're laying beside the Pool of Bethesda with a hope that some kind of miracle will come down here. And maybe today could be the day. And then somebody leans over to you and says, Do you want to be healed? The answer to that would be yeah, the answer would not be yes. The answer would be, of course. you got to be kidding, right? Absolutely. And so Jesus, working with him, he says, stand up, pick up your mat, and walk. He gives him a command. But we got to understand that the command he gave was on the Sabbath. Everybody say, that's a big deal. Okay, That's a huge deal. And in Jewish law, you're not allowed to do some things on Sabbath. One of those things is heal people. I don't understand it. I'm not even claiming to understand. I'm not sure they exactly understood it. They actually had to have a little meeting themselves as leadership and be like, can you really heal somebody? Isn't that a little too much work? Like you can't work on the Sabbath. You're supposed to rest and isn't, I think that's too much work. They actually saw a guy stand up and start walking and they were more upset about their rules. They literally see the dude stand up, and they're like, that's against our policy. That's their position. Can you believe that? And as they're beginning to take a stand against the healing, Jesus has a few things to say to him. In fact, he's grasping that they've got the Sabbath problem, and he's like, just so you understand, my father is working What he means by that is he's working even through the Sabbath, he's working all the time right now, God the Father never sets it down, he never steps back from and just lets the world run off for a while because it's the Sabbath, he's on, he is working with, he's got his hands around, my Father's working and so am I. And as Jesus says those two words, he connects himself to God the Father, and he puts himself and the Father above all of this Jewish principle and policy, and he says, you hang on, because man was not made for the Sabbath, but Sabbath for the man, right? That's not the quote that comes here, but Christ said that in another place, and it's really clear. The Sabbath is actually something for our rest, but it doesn't mean that we bow to it When God's got principle and policy he's laying down about, I have authority to heal, then that Sabbath policy can be set aside, right? And he's like, just hang on, understand what God the Father wants and understand that I'm working with him and yes, we're working on the Sabbath, deal with that. And it actually says in the scripture there right before we pick it up in verse 19, it says right before that, that this is actually why they were seeking to kill him. Because he was claiming to be connected to the Father. He was claiming to have authority over the Sabbath. He was claiming to be able to say, your policies are below what I'm doing with God the Father. That's the setup for how we're picking up verse 19. Okay, They're in a stir. They're not happy. And Jesus just schooled them a little bit. And now we pick it up. Verse 19. So Jesus said to them, truly, truly, Like literally that means, this is fact. Don't miss it in the Greek. Amen, amen. Like fact, fact, get ready. When you say it twice over, you're drawing attention. Hang on to this. He says, I say to you, the son can do nothing of his own accord. The son can do nothing of his own accord, Jesus is not saying, hey, I'm God, stop questioning me. He says, I'm telling you, I am God the Son, I'm the second person of the Trinity, and I don't work on my own accord. He literally just said to them, what you just saw go down with the healing of this man. Know this, God the Father's blessing it and making it happen, I'm not alone on this. and I'm working, and I'm not on my own accord. And uh, This is a pure Unity between God the Father and God the Son. There is complete alignment and agreement. Jesus isn't busting out on his own and doing something. He is walking right where the Father wants him and doing exactly what God the Father is invested into. And he's longing for it to make much of Jesus Christ as king with authority. Here's a quote, David Pollison. He said, Maturity grows submission. Maturity grows submission. It's a huge deal to understand that Jesus Christ, who is God Almighty, he is being questioned and challenged. He doesn't say, hey, I can do what I want to do. He didn't assert himself as in charge. He says, there is God the Father, and I don't work on my own accord. Submission. God the Son declares out submission. How much more should we and I'm just telling you David Pollison's quote maturity grows submission super important that we grasp that when God places us into a situation he's in charge. And Romans 13 talks about the authorities that are placed over you whether they're governmental or in your business may we grasp and understand that our people in charge over us are given by God and we lean and trust on them because we're trusting in him. We work heartily as to the Lord, right? So if your boss is asking you to sin, then the answer to that is no, because I'm working as to the Lord. But if your boss is asking you to do something else, then your boss is in charge, right? And true submission, like you give them what they're asking for. And uh, kids, your parents in your home, placed there by God, they're in charge. You might be absolutely convinced they don't know what they're talking about in the current situation. And I'm telling you, in charge if they're asking you to sin that's one thing otherwise as they're asking you to walk through something you're trusting and respecting them is actually you trusting and respecting God Almighty God places authority rightly into spots may we listen to those in authority ready and all of God's people said Jesus is like I'm not working on my own accord I'm in submission here I am God the Son, the second person of the Trinity, and I'm listening to the Father here and we're working together. He says, but only what he sees the Father doing. The Son only does what he sees the Father doing. For whatever the Father does, that the Son does likewise. He's like, I'm just telling you, I'm watching God the Father work and I'm in sync. We're doing this together. So as you're questioning me, you're questioning God the Father. This is a big throwdown moment. Like the Jews right now are hearing him, the Jewish leaders are hearing him say, question me, you're questioning the Father. Their worship is in question right now, and Jesus is like, I'm telling you, I'm doing what the Father is all about. He is about healing, and I am about healing. He is about doing a miracle work, and I'm about doing a miracle work. He's about declaring the greatness of the Godhead here in physical human form, and so am I. I'm doing exactly what the Father is doing. For the Father loves the Son and shows him all that he himself is doing. I love that part. The Father loves the Son. In fact, in most places in the Gospels where it says Father loves the Son, it uses the word agape. But here it uses the word phileo, it uses the other Greek word for love. And that word actually captures a little more of a sense of, of relationship in it. There's a lot of similarity in those words, and it's probably more appropriate to see similarity in the words phileo and agape than there is a difference. But I'm telling you, there is a subtle difference. That's why they had two words, right? And this word captures a sense of relationship, of friendship, of working together and aligned side by side. Agape captures the sacrificial nature of love phileo captures the relational portion of love and he's like the father relates to the son the father loves the son and he has this depth of relationship with him the father loves the son and he has shown him all that he himself is doing i love that statement dads in your home What a great model for what it looks like to be working with your kids. To be able to let them see you walk through things honoring God, biblically, how you're handling the home well. To be able to even have them come alongside you and do some things with you. We all know that sometimes when the kids help do things, it might actually get a little more difficult to do the thing. That you could do it easier yourself, but the reality is as you come alongside together the reality is, there's a teaching going on in it, and he's like, "I'm just telling you, as God the Son, I have done side by side with God the Father. There is a filio relationship here, and it is taught deeply." And uh, Jesus is like, "Your questioning is unfounded." He said, "And greater works than these will He show Him, so that you may marvel." He's like, you think that was something? Greater works than these. He's like, you just saw a lame guy, lame for decades, stand up and walk. You think that's something? Hang on. Man, you're going to marvel. Literally, that word means jaw dropped in awe. You are gonna be awestruck, like, whoa! As you see what happens next. Jesus is like, get ready. Because I'm telling you, you have seen me heal. You have heard about me speaking and the, the waves in the sea, listen, but I manage life itself. I am telling you I will bring back to life. I am telling you that I will die and rise again and you will be in awe. I'm telling you that others around you that you thought died, all of a sudden walking and living, that happening through me. Get ready. You're going to marvel. What you think you just saw, this is nothing yet. You are going to be jaw dropped over what the Father's going to be doing. Jesus Christ, giving them an inkling of what was coming, He says, For as the Father raises the dead and gives them life, so also the Son gives life. For as the Father raises gives life, so the Son gives life. I'm telling you, God is in the business of healing and God is in the business of eternity. And Jesus Christ is so fired up about getting eternity squared away. May eternity be managed. May life be managed. And you'll see it in physical life coming back. That will be the clue that this one has the ability to bring even eternal life the father gives life and so will the son. And notice it says, and so the son gives life to whom he will. So let's talk about that phrase for a second. It's really easy for us in our Western culture to think very individualistically, okay? To whom he will. We're like, if I'm going to display my will, then I do whatever I want to do. And in fact, I almost need to do the opposite of what the boss above me wants, Like, if I do exactly what my boss wants, I didn't show my will. I showed his will. And if I'm going to show my will, I'm going to kind of bend it a little bit. And I'm going to do what I want to do. Okay? Everybody say, not that. Okay, it's really important we grasp that actually you can have a will that aligns with the one above you and you agree to do what they're saying and your will aligns with that and you do it. And your will is on display as you are in full agreement with the one above you. I'll understand that? Super important we grasp. This is not Jesus all of a sudden saying, and the Father gave me the keys, and I'm going to go do whatever I want to do. And I'm not going to be in agreement with the Father anymore. I'm just going off on my own. The Son's going to do what He wills. Everybody say, not that. It's not that. It's not the Son declaring all of a sudden He's going rogue. It's Him saying, I'm telling you, it is my will fully engaged with His will, and we are in complete... Alignment. That's what we're going after. Just a few verses to grasp that. We're in John chapter 5 right now. And if you went one chapter forward, John chapter 6, you don't have to go there, but John 6, verses 37 through 45, Jesus is talking about the work of the Father. Here he's talking about the work of the Son, John 5. But in John 6, he'll be talking about the work of the Father. He says, Whom the Father draws will come. God the Father is invested involved into eternal salvation whom the Father draws will come there is a massive work of God the Father invested into it and Jesus is working alongside of it it's not whoever Jesus chooses and Jesus is like all right I'm thinking of moving this way and the Father goes oh not that like that's not what's happening as Jesus is moving the Father is like so that that's exactly where we're going And God the Father and God the Son in complete unity. The Son's will fully engaged and it's in complete alignment with the Father. There is absolute submission and there is absolute certainty and there is total unity as the two of them are working together. The Son's will. In fact, John chapter 1 verse 12, it says, But to all who received Jesus, Jesus gave the right to become the children of God. Super important that we grasp whom the Father draws will come and yet Jesus is giving life. And so there's a drawing and there's a giving and there's a complete unity between the two as they work together. And God the Father and God the Son working in this eternal life-giving moment. Full unity. Everybody say unity. unity. Really important that we grasp God the Father and God the Son are lock step And what the Father wants, the Son is doing, and the Son's will is in complete alignment, and they're working together. May God get all the glory. Man, Jesus Christ, He is our hope. He gives life, and life eternal. May God get all the glory. You know, this past week has been a hard week. Um, We actually were preparing... uh, for a funeral yesterday that was right after uh, the backpacks and just a glorious morning of handing out backpacks and seeing so many families touched in so many ways. And, and uh, then we had a funeral uh, in the afternoon for Susan Bishop. And um, love that lady. Um, sweetheart, sitting second row, first chair in the service she showed up at uh, constantly. And uh, for multiple reasons. One was, if anybody tries to get down front to get me, she's going to take him out first. (laughs) That was her claim. She was all five foot nothing, but she was going after him, you know? And, uh, And then the other part, just being able to be close and be able to hear and see and read lips if you didn't catch something and all that, right? And just faithful beyond measure. Spunky like you would not believe. Fiery. Loved her laugh. Loved to be able to joke with her. She had a passion for Jesus Christ that was on fire and, and uh, she was diagnosed with cancer some number of years ago. Um, she took it very seriously right away and, and uh, ended up sitting down with me and Jonna probably a year and a half ago and said, all right, here's how the funeral needs to roll. And I'm like, I really don't want to talk about this right now. You're doing so well and let's just go out to lunch and have a good time. And she's like, no, we need to do this. And so we walked through and nailed down, and she had kind of her uh, statement of which songs that celebrate Christ and which passage that means so much to her. And, and so we walked through yesterday the funeral that she had planned, and I'm just telling you, it was so glorifying to Jesus Christ as family and friends rallied together here to honor and make much of the one who gives Life. Susan, trust Jesus Christ as Savior. Get this. That means she is right now in heaven worshiping like we cannot imagine. Amen. She literally has a smile on her face that pretty much matches the smile she had here all the time. She is just beaming all the time and a beaming smile going on as she is celebrating the glass half dimly thing is gone. She sees Jesus Christ in full and going after it in full. May God get all the glory. Man, we can have life. And we can have life eternal. Do you know this Savior? Are you trusting in Jesus Christ with all you've got? And may Christ be your center and your hope. He is God the Son. He works in complete Alignment with God the Father. He is the King of the universe and we lean and trust on Him. He died on the cross for our sins and He rose again. Simple question, do you believe? Do you believe that Jesus died and rose again? Are you willing to confess Him as your Lord? You're in charge, you take over. Lord, may you be in charge of my life. Dude, that's saved, that we believe he is risen from the dead and we confess him as Lord, take over. Lord Jesus, I'm ready to worship you with all I've got and I cannot wait for eternity to come. That's saved. Man, are you trusting in Jesus Christ, the one who was given life and life eternal to be handing out by God the Father? are you in? Alright. That's the first. Number two. Trust in Jesus who has the authority to judge. The first is trust in Jesus who has life. Recognize that he has life and life eternal. This now is trust in Jesus who has authority to judge. We start in verse 22. It says, The Father judges no one, but has given judgment to the Son. Did you know that? That God the Father is handing the right to judge over to Jesus Christ. That literally in the end, sitting on the throne is Jesus Christ as judge. He having that right. God the Father is over it all. Don't miss it. It's not like the Father and the Son all of a sudden separated, right? It's unity throughout. God the Father having a full and complete plan over it all, but he's handing the judgment roll to Jesus Christ. It says that literally he gives this judgment to the Son that all may honor the Son just as they honor the Father. That all may honor the Son just as they honor the Father. God the Father is like, I'm just telling you this God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit thing. We're bringing it together. And you're going to grasp the complete unity of us as you grasp the Son over this. Hear me, Jesus died and he rose. He brings us hope. Everybody say hope. hope. He brings us hope. And because of that, he has the right to say, have you believed in me? Have you trusted in me? That's what he's talking about here. The judgment is, are you with me? Here's a couple of verse sections that I wanted to read just to make it clear. Revelation 20, starting in verse 11. Revelation 20, starting in verse 11, it says, Then I saw a great white throne, and him who was seated on it, that's Jesus there, from his presence earth and sky fled away, and no place was found for them. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne, and books were opened. Then another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged by what was written in the books according to what they had done. And uh, I'm just saying, it says that we literally will have our works evaluated. And so for those who are like, here's my plan. I'm going to try to be good enough. And by good enough, God will look at me and go, Good effort, nice try. You're in, and I'm just telling you, Scripture's super clear that it's not about works. And we're gonna make it really clear here now. It says the works are being evaluated, but there's a bad moment here. It says, and the sea gave up the dead who were in it; death and Hades gave up the dead and uh, that were in them, and they were judged each of them according to what they had done. The works are being evaluated. It says, then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death, the lake of fire. It's kind of the eternal place, hell. It says, and if anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. Don't miss this. The dead are raised. The works are brought out. And there's one question. Is your name written in the book of life all the works in the world don't get it done how does my name get written in the book of life I believe that Jesus is risen from the dead and I confess him as Lord super clear man my name is written in the book of life when I put Jesus as in charge in my life and all the works in the world don't get it done there is a massive hope in Jesus Christ. There is no hope in trying to have my works good enough. Man, it is time for us to take our works based hope and set it down. It is time for us to pick up Jesus Christ as our hope. He has the authority and He has the power. 2 Thessalonians, verses, uh, starting in chapter 1, verse 7, going for a couple of verses here, it says, When the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven, this is at the end of time now when Jesus comes back, second coming. When the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire. Just use your eyes and ears for just a second. Try to imagine Jesus Christ returning, thunderous trumpets blasting, angels fiery by the hundreds of millions returning with authority. Jesus is revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire, inflicting vengeance on those who do not know God and on those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. They will suffer the punishment of eternal destruction away from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his might. Scripture is super clear. May we never shortcut the story. May we never move around it because it feels a little uncomfortable. May we hear it for what it says. Jesus is coming again. He is King of kings and he is Lord of lords and he is in charge. And whoever is with him, believing he has risen from the dead and confesses him as Lord, you take charge in my life. Saved. And whoever says, I'll stand on my own, the works will be measured and they will be found coming up short of the glory of God and in eternity separated from God Almighty. That's what it says here. Separated from the glory of the presence of God. That's the definition of hell. The deepest struggle we could have is experiencing life where the presence of God and his glory are not on display Forever absolutely separated, because we chose to stand it alone. May we not stand on our own works. Ready? And all of God's people said, Amen. "Man, this is sobering, and this is essential. Jesus Christ, he brings life and life eternal, and he brings judgment. He's in charge. May God get all the glory. I'm going to back this up and I'm going to say it one more time and say it this way. Get this. The God of the universe who speaks this world into existence, the world starts to unwind, starting to spread out, going its own way in sin. And Jesus Christ says, I will step in with and I will care for. I will go to the cross and die for. He died for you, He loves you with all He's got. He died for you and he rose again. He brings life. May we not, everybody say not, Not. may we not say, Lord, you are just all about making me feel good. Lord, you are just a giver of good things. I'm not going to consider the rough. At the end, Jesus, who actually took responsibility for our sin, will come again. And when he comes again, angels intact, it will be to put everything in its place, his glory fully restored. May God get all the glory. And as Jesus returns, those who say, I'm with you, saved. Our hope is in Christ. And for those who say, I'm standing on my works, he's already told us what the outcome of that is. And it isn't pretty eternity separated from him, hell in struggle, destruction is the word used. Man, may we not toy with this, get this, when we say that Jesus Christ has all authority, it's awesome that he heals, and it's awesome that he encourages, and it's awesome that he can control the weather and calm things down and bring a peace, and so much of that is great, and we're like, I embrace his authority there, I'm so good with that, bring a peace, bring an ease. But I'm telling you, he also is about life and death. And we stand before God the Father and Jesus Christ. And he is king, working in complete unity and alignment. May we give it all to him. That is the whole truth of scripture. And all of God's people said, man, may we respond to Jesus Christ, the one who has all authority for life, And for judgment. Jesus Christ, he has given it by the Father so that there might be honor to the Son. It says, whoever does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. Can you imagine saying this to these Pharisees and scribes? As they're like, that guy needs to be done with. And he's like, if you don't honor me, you are not honoring the Father. This is a massive call to worship for Jesus Christ. So now he backs the truck up and he uses his phrase, truly, truly. If you're ever talking to Jesus and he says to you, truly, truly, listen, right? Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. Man, for us to listen to Jesus Christ, to respond to him as king, to respond to the father who gives life and say, I believe, I believe that Jesus died and he rose from the dead. I believe that you have eternal life in your hands. I believe and I'm with you. You're in charge, has eternal life. Man, our hope is in our faith in the king of the universe. Our hope is not in our works. May God get all the glory. He says, he does not come into judgment, but has passed from death into life. If we believe in Jesus Christ, if we listen to God the Father and we respond in faith to them, there is eternal life. We have passed from death until life. There is hope. May God get all the glory. Jesus then says, truly, 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 You think he's getting their attention? Three times over. Truly, truly, I say to you, an hour is coming and is now here when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. When the dead, those unbelieving, when they hear, they start believing, they will live, have eternal life. He's like, grasp what I'm saying, man. Listen to who I am. There is eternal life in me. For as the Father has life in himself, so he has granted the Son also to have life in himself. There is unity and there is life. And as Jesus has stepped down into this world, taking on the full flesh of man and still being fully God, he is in full representation of God the Father with the plan of eternal life. He says, Do not marvel at this, for an hour is coming when all, who are in the tombs will hear his voice and they will come out. And those who have done good to the resurrection of life and those who have done evil to the resurrection of judgment. He's like those who are hearing me and grasping what I'm saying and believing what's going on and they're following me, they're listening to my word. There is a resurrection into life. Man, may we grasp that as we respond to Jesus Christ, there is hope. There is hope in Him. It is so easy for us to live our daily lives about our daily struggles. And all of God's people said, right? We wake up and the first thought on our day is, oh, what about? How am I going to handle? What's going to happen with? And please hear me, man. We have a God who is with us in the midst of our daily journey, we are not alone. And we can have hope in him and we can have peace in him and he can bring healing at times and we can trust in him for all those things, that's great. But it is so much more than just the right here and the right now and the feel good. It is about, is God getting his glory? It is about, am I worshiping you? And it is about, how is eternity laid out for me? Man, when we wake up in the morning, may our prayer not be, Lord, may my next five minutes be super comfortable. May our prayer be, Lord, may you be worshipped today by me like I cannot explain. Lord, may I grasp what I need to set down and be done with it. Lord, may I be sickened by whatever is about me and not about you. Done. Lord, may I be on with worshipping you because you're in charge. I believe you are risen from the dead. You're alive. There is power in your name. And I confess you as in charge. There is authority in who you are. You have the authority to give life. And you have the authority to judge. And I long for the day when everything is set right and all glory is being given to you. I'm just telling you that's a pretty good wake up prayer. To be able to wrap that around your God and give it to Him in a handful of minutes and say, Lord, I'm looking to eternity. Now, may my man, next step be for your glory. Jesus Christ, He has all authority to give life and to judge. May we stand with Him. So, a number of years ago, there was a group of people headed west. It was a pioneer crew, 1800s, and they were going out west. And as they got out into the grassy plains of the kind of central Midwest, maybe even a little bit of west Midwest, the grasses, all they could see for as far as they could look, all they could see was grass on the plains. And they were riding along. And all of a sudden, somebody noticed out ahead of them, deep black smoke in a long line across. And then they realized the planes are on fire. This plane is on fire right now. They started talking about what they should do. The guy who was kind of in charge of the whole thing is talking it through. He's like, the water that we passed is over a day and a half back. We can't get back to that. This thing is moving too quickly. There's no safety in going back towards the water. We got to figure this out right where we're at. Everybody get a shovel. Shovel. And start digging a wide circle trench. So they started digging a trench. And they got done digging that trench fast, deep, a little bit wide. And then he said, light the grass on fire inside the trench. And they're like, What? And he's like, light it on fire. It lit up, it burned it out, and it went down to embers. And he's like, roll the wagons inside the trench. Get in the circle. And as they got inside the circle, and everybody was standing in there, and as the fire's coming at them, one of the little girls says, Daddy, is it going to get us? And he said, No, honey. The fire doesn't go where the fire has already been. We're safe. I'm telling you that when Jesus Christ went to the cross and died, He took the fire and the heat of our sin on Himself. And as we trust in Him, we are climbing in the circle with Him and the fire doesn't go where the fire has already been. We may stand with Jesus Christ because He took our sin on Him at the cross. Our works come up short and our sin carries a weight and Christ carried it for us. We have a Savior, and He brings life. He resurrects us from the dead, and He brings hope. May we stand in Him. And all of God's people said, amen, "Amen, man. Jesus Christ, He has all authority to give life, and He has all authority to judge. May we trust Him with all we've got. Let's pray.